You're listening to Wholesaling Inc. episode number 644. Mm-hmm. So you want to make sure you're really working with the honest person and it's hard to do that. It's, I mean, unless you have a lie detector test or work for the CIA, like it's yeah. not an easy process to know that they're being honest. Um, yeah. But what I learned and I got on, so I told Chelsea, I said, call the guy up right now. I'll talk to him. And I told him how it was. I said, no, she's not going to sell it to you because there's a conflict of interest in that. How do we know she's getting the highest price? Mm-hmm. So I just flat out said, no, you're going to market it to your buyers list. You're not going to buy it yourself. You mm-hmm. can't buy this one yourself. This is game-changing information guaranteed to raise your real estate wholesaling business with actionable steps you can take immediately to navigate the ins and outs of wholesaling and start making money today. Join us as we put our guests in the hot seat and dive deep to dissect their strategies for success to enable you to duplicate their results. You're listening to Wholesaling Inc., the only show dedicated to making you a fortune in wholesaling. What's up, Rhino Tribe? This is Lauren Hardy, and you are listening to the Wholesaling Inc. podcast. Today, I have one of my favorite students because she is a mom just like me. Her name is Chelsea Dabney, and she is currently crushing her virtual wholesaling game. Chelsea, welcome to the show. Hello. Thanks for having me. I'm so glad to have you because you're one of my favorites because I just relate to you a lot being a fellow mom. Yeah, an entrepreneur. I love it. How many kids do you have? Three. 12, seven, and five. 12, seven, and five. Okay. Yeah. So you've got your full. And yeah. we are filming this at the time of a global pandemic where our kids are not in school. Are yeah. your kids home with you? Yeah, they are. They're in the homework room right now. That's why I'm in my room. So I made a little office in my room and we made the office their homework room. <laughs> How are you juggling distance learning? Are you doing everything for them? Like, are yeah, you the teacher. Um, yeah, I'm the teacher. Well, they go on online virtual, you know, with their their teachers. But my little ones in kindergarten, so that's like me all day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the little ones are really falling behind here because they just can't see yeah. computer screen like that. Yeah, she has. We have a tutor, thank goodness. But yeah, that would be a lot to have them fall behind. That's scary. Okay. So you are, you're doing the distance learning and I did it until I about lost my mind and set my kids yeah. to private schools. Cause those are still open here. So I could only imagine how stressful that is. I mean, I, I can imagine I did it for a long time. So yeah. I know how stressful it was. I about lost my mind. Yeah. Um, it's really hard as it is to be a mom. And you know, if they were just going to school, like the carpool and picking them up and doing yeah. that, let alone having this additional stress for distance learning. So it blows my mind that you've been able to also start a real estate investment company at the same time. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. <laughs> Honestly, I can't believe I made it work uh, like so far. I can't either. When did you start your company? I opened my company in July, not knowing I was going to do real estate investing. I had other, had other plans. But um, I watched some, I don't know, I was on YouTube one night and I saw a video and then you were friends with one of my friends on Instagram. I was like, oh, okay. So then I started looking at your Instagram and I knew nothing about wholesaling. And I just uh, kept watching YouTube videos and I decided I didn't want to waste time doing that. So I, I joined your program and it was like the August 30th and I took it for the next two weeks into September. It's so huge, during, think, during the heat of COVID and just yeah. and everything, you were... Yeah, they just started because they started school August 
11th or something like that. So it was all right at the same time. Right. So like you weren't busy enough, you decided to open up a real estate. You didn't know, you hardly even knew what wholesaling was. I, yeah, I had no idea. And then you just took my course. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like most people like actually know what wholesaling is and they've been on YouTube university with wholesaling for like a year before they buy a coaching program. <laughs> Yeah, I had no idea. I just knew I wanted to do it and I did not want to waste my time. <laughs> so. I love it. You're, yeah, it's because well, you don't have time to waste. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's how that happened really fast. I'm so glad I did though. Okay, so let's start with like your education portion. Since you are still very new, your memory is probably very good. When did you find time to listen to the course and just kind of get your education? What part of the day or when in the day? Well, I would wake up at like four and do it before they wake up at six. Or I would try and stay up late at night, put them to bed at like 8.30 to nine. It was more like nine. And then I would stay up till like 10.30, but then I'd fall asleep. So then I'd have to rewatch it again in the morning. I did a lot of rewatching and redoing and a lot of note-taking over and over and over again, the same stuff over and over to get it to stick. Yeah. And I mean, I think I can agree with you. Like after I put my kids to bed, my brain is dead and I yeah. can't absorb anything. So I see where you're going with that 4 a.m. Like you have a fresh mind at that time. Yeah. But as soon as my daughter hears I'm up, she wants to be up too. So right. it's like hide and be quiet. <laughs> with like headphones on listening yeah. to models. Try to be really quiet. Don't let her hear anything. loud. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. So you got educated and then when did you start marketing and actually like taking action to get deal? Um, I think it was uh the it had to be September 15th, like the mid of September and it was on a day that you had a coaching class and I didn't really get the part of only doing like 100 at a time. Like we were on it and I'm like I heard you say that I was like, "Oh my gosh, I just let out like 900 texts like really fast and they were just flooding me all at the same time but I ended up getting my first contract from that one from the first time I ever like sent anything out so that's hilarious yeah in the in between it seems like there wasn't a lot of time between you getting educated and you taking action a lot of people that I've mentored there's usually a couple months of analysis paralysis between watching the course and then taking action. I'm sure yeah. you've seen this within our group. Yes. Yours, you didn't seem to have very much. Did you have any moment of analysis paralysis? Honestly, yeah, I did. Like probably in um, November. And I had got my first contract and it fell through. We were kind of going through a lot here and with the holidays and um, my dad got sick. So it was just a lot and I was trying to make it work. But I think I just was doing way too much at one time, which I always do. I started reading into more things and I wish I would have never done that. So I did kind of do that afterwards. But in the beginning, I had it in my head to just take action, which I heard over and over and over when you had that interview with Steve Trang too, and he always says, just take action, just go. And so I just told myself, just go, go, go. And I'll figure it out as I go, like whatever I don't know. Right. Right. What I'm curious, what was the thing like that you read into or like, what, what did you do that kind of got you 
Oh, like into looking into stuff. Well, I wasn't getting my deliverability rates were low and I couldn't get as much back and it started to bug me. So I was thinking maybe I should start a different way other than texting, but I can't do cold calling and I can't do any of that just because of the kids, even when I do have to talk to other people, I literally go in the garage, lock my doors in the car and sometimes have to talk to people in my car just so they don't aren't like, who's that in the background? What are you, you know, some people don't like that. So I was just going through a little stressful time there, but ever since Christmas, my husband did set this little office up in the room. It's helped out a lot. And I've done a lot better since then. So, yeah. You know, it's so funny with kids. You have to think of these little hacks. So like, I can't tell you how many calls I've taken like in my walk-in closet because that's the most like shielded place from their screams. And they will know, like they don't give up. They will knock on my master bedroom door and pound and scream if I don't answer. And there's been plenty of times where I've been taking business calls, just hiding in my walk-in closet. Luckily, nobody can hear them screaming. And I just let them scream. I mean, my kids are seven and almost 10. So they're a little bit older where they're kind of like, okay, go ahead and scream it out. It's not a three-year-old. Yeah. (laughs) But I totally know what you mean. And then I did a similar thing during covid I, so I always worked on my kitchen table. I've got this kitchen table thing. I don't know where, why, but like I do my best work on my kitchen table. And I would say I started my business on my kitchen table because I did, I didn't have an office for a very, very long time. And when COVID hit, the kitchen table became the learning center, right? That was their classroom. So I got a, like a cute little setup and I put it in the corner of my master bedroom. In fact, a lot of my lives in my podcast are me in that little corner in my master bedroom. Uh, and it's the same thing. And you can see my bathroom behind me. Yeah. Yep, that's, yep. My, that's my bathroom. That's my bed. <laughs> right. Right. And I do that. And like, it, the reason it's there is because that's like the only place, you know, that I can do it in my house. I don't have an extra bedroom for an office. So, and I can't do it downstairs because the kids were downstairs doing the online learning. So yeah. put it, you know, somewhere where it's hidden and out of, and I think that that's like a mom hack is like, okay, your kids are never going to want to leave you alone really when they're young like that. Like, I feel like they're like under seven years old, it's like, they always kind of want to be by you and stuff. So if your workstation is very visible to them, that's, they're more that they're going to want your attention. So me moving my workstation up to my room and me hiding away in my room while the seven-year-old is like downstairs kind of watching TV and stuff, I can get, I have bigger blocks between when she comes and bugs me. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. A lot of the time though, she'll Cause she, mine, cause she's in kindergarten. I have to, she'll do it like right here with me. And if I'm on the phone, I like press mute, like, uh uh-huh, yeah, okay. Mute, mute, you know, mute on, mute on and off. But I mean, I feel like with anything, when there's a will, there's a way. I've always felt that way. And if you, if you want to make something work, you'll make it work. Absolutely. And, you know, I know with texting, that makes it easier because at least you aren't like relying on cold calling. Whereas, yeah, if you had a cold call around, yeah. that would be almost impossible. I would say my recommendation for you, because you are now getting to where you have experience, you understand the business, you are closing deals now, you've already closed two deals. You can maybe take some of that money and hire a cold caller, you know, maybe a virtual cold caller, somebody not US based. Yeah. And have them do the cold calling and the texting. I recently made that change. So I used to have like a separate cold caller and a separate texter for the longest time until some, like a friend of mine was like, oh no, I have 
like my girl does both cold calling and texting because you can really do both at the same time. You can multitask. Yeah. I hired someone that he was the cold caller originally. And I just, okay, I'm going to let my previous texting VA do other things for me. And I'm going to have you do the texting. So it's proven he's bringing in more leads. So you might want to do the same thing. Yeah, I definitely would like to do that. And then all you have to do is schedule out in your day, your seller qualifying calls and the offers. Like when you give the sellers the offers and everything, like schedule that around with your kids. I'm definitely going to look into that because, well, I was looking actually on Upwork a lot. I have a hard time like knowing, like I can't tell when they're actually, because I did ask, I gave one girl like a task and um, I couldn't tell on her hours if she was like really doing it or not. And I was like, I paid like extra and I didn't know how it works. And I was like, I can't do that. Okay. My advice with virtual assistants, they bill like attorneys three to one. So VAs will screw you if you don't know how long a task takes. So that's why I say you need to be a master at that task to be able to set firm goals. So if it's text message blasting and you know that you can get out 1500 text messages and answer and reply to them in five hours a day, then you have to say you're capped at five hours a day and you have to get out 1500 and your response, right? Your average response time has to be 12 minutes. And like, you have to have those controls over them. So they know not to mess with you. Like my virtual assistant told me, like, told me some of the secrets. Like she even said that she knows somebody who taped a like remote control car to their mouse to make their computer look like there's computer activity. Cause the, like, oh and that, like they actually programmed this like remote control kind of device to move the mouse around. So it would look like they're active on their screenshot. Wow. Yeah, that's so they, crazy. I, yeah. So I got VAs that I tr- oh. can trust, but it took me a while. I had some that did the same thing. They build three to one and I let them go. Um, yeah. So you have to know, you know, like really put those controls, but when you find a good one, I mean, they're the best. So keep looking. Yes, I will. I was looking at that Antoine. I don't, have you seen his program? I was looking no. into that too. Awesome. No, I haven't. Take me back to your first deal because I remember this. This was like a fun moment for us because it was the one time that California opened up for like five minutes and we had an in-person meeting. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And you already came, which was awesome. And it was so far, it's the only in-person meeting we've been able to have because California has been open shut, open shut with COVID. Yes. Wasn't that your first contract? Yeah, my first contract I got... No, that was actually, I think my second, because I had got one, but I had had two at the time, but that first one fell through. So Mm -hmm. that one, I think that we were talking about was my second one. Okay. And I remember you were like, you had some issues with your JD. So tell us what happened with your, with that deal. Well, I ended up closing it, but it was a lengthy process because he had a, a lawyer involved and we used their title company and it was like a mess. And my JV partner kept telling me, they're not all like this. I swear they're so much easier. So, well, we ended up closing that one and doing, um, splitting it 60, 40. Then I went on to my next one and that one closed in January. So your first one was, you know, a little, a little bit more difficult, but those are the lessons. Those are the ones where you actually like learn something about the process. I feel like. Yeah. It was not fun at all. Well, and I think you, I remember you even learned some things about JV partners and how there could be conflict of interest. 
Yeah, I, I'm still going through that. So yeah, I'm working with another one and there definitely is yeah. uh, that going on. Yeah. So we'll get, let's get like, I love giving um, very good practical advice in every episode. And I want to get really micro on this to teach you guys where there could be a red flag that you might not have seen. So Chelsea comes to me and she's like, oh my gosh, okay. I got this contract. I think it's going to work out. And I even found a really good partner boots on ground. He wholesales a ton of homes. He also buys and he flips and he has rentals and he's just super active. I was like, oh, sounds great. Right. Yeah. You were like, this guy's awesome. Sounds great. And you were like, but you know, he said, instead of marketing the deal, he just kind of wanted to buy it himself. Isn't that great? I remember you being like, yeah. That's great, right? Yeah. You thought that was good. Yeah, I know. And it's not, <laughs> it's actually turning out not to be a good thing. Why is that? Uh, well, so after you talked to him, cause you talked to him for me and you advised him like this, you guys shouldn't be, you know, doing that. Well, take, take it back to what, what did I tell you about that? How that could go wrong? Oh, because he'll get me down on the price and just get the, right. Isn't that what you said? Yeah. yeah get the work for him. Yeah. So that happened to me actually. And on my second deal. And at first they were telling me, oh yeah, there was like, um, there was like a 12,000 spread there. And then all of a sudden, like, I think it was like 10 days before it was supposed to close. They came to me and were like, well, we actually want to buy this from you. And it only makes sense to where this should be. We've done research, which we already all did on the comps. We'll only pay you 4,000 above your contract price. So then right then I said, I'm not, I don't want to anymore. They totally steered me away. I have one that's supposed to sign today that I was just going to do with them because we started it a long time ago together. Mm-hmm. But um, they already said like, you know, that they're hinting on wanting to buy it. So, but my other JV partner, I actually got from, what's his name in the group, Vince? Yeah. Yeah. So I started working with his JV partner and he's so cool. I'm oh, like, good. it's a huge difference. Yeah. He right? like responds. So cool. Such a nice guy. Huge, huge difference. You found the right person. I'm telling you, yeah. it's like dating. You have to date like a lot of people to like find your soulmate. And that's yeah. how it is with finding a business partner or JV partner. You have to try out different people. So what kept happening, I'll explain this a little bit deeper with Chelsea was she got a contract. It was an awesome deal. And she gave it to somebody in the local market because Chelsea lives in Southern California. So she's virtual. So she gave, she found somebody in the local market doing deals, doing lots of deals. But this person also happened to be a house flipper. He wasn't just a wholesaler with a buyer's list. He flipped homes himself. So he came to Chelsea and said, actually, I want to buy this one. Mm-hmm. Well, of course, he's looking out for his own interest and going to tell Chelsea, yeah, and it should be priced, you know, 180000 when yeah. really, maybe Chelsea could have sold it for 200000 Yeah, if he marketed it to all of his buyers. So he was giving himself a deal and there's a conflict of interest in that. So I told Chelsea, do not sell the deal to your JV. And this is actually what can commonly happen. A lot of people don't realize this is that the JV could even get a business partner to fake offer, you know, and the Mm -hmm. JV can also hide the other offers like, oh, look, like nobody offered, but look like, hey, you know, this guy wants 180, right? Like they can play all sorts of games. Mm -hmm. So you want to make sure you're really working with the honest person. And it's hard to do that. It's, I mean, unless you have a lie detector test or work for the CIA, like it's not easy process to know that they're being honest. Um, But what I learned and I got on, so I told Chelsea, I said, call the guy up right now. I'll talk to him. 
And I told him how it was. I said, no, she's not going to sell it to you because there's a conflict of interest in that. How do we know she's getting the highest price? Mm -hmm. So I just flat out said, no, you're going to market it to your buyers list. You're not going to buy it yourself. You Mm -hmm. can't buy this one yourself. And, you know, he was good with that. So that guy ended up working out, but it sounds like it happened to you again with another group. Yeah, it happened to me again with that same guy because he actually partners, does all his business with another partner. His partner is the one that goes and markets the property and takes the pictures. And I think he kind of, they say they both do it, but I think he is like more of an influence on him. Funny business. Yeah. Okay, so Uh, move on from that guy. Yeah, see, even though we told him no, he found a way around it by having a partner come around. And I'm the buyer, really, it's still him. Yeah. So a lot of funny business can happen. You have to be, you know, trained to be able to spot these situations. And at the time, Chelsea was super new. She did not understand or even think of that until I was like, uh, no red flag. This is what can happen. So that's why it's very important to have a mentor when you are new. So I'm glad that you figured it out. It's made you like you today are so much stronger than you were that day. I remember when I got on the phone with him and I just told the guy exactly how it was going to go. And you were like, oh my gosh, like I, I wish I could like tell someone that the way you just did that. And I was like, oh, you will, <laughs> you will, you do enough of these deals and you start getting pulled around by people and you start, you know, you will start gaining that backbone to speak and be assertive and communicate your needs. Yes. Yeah. So I'm actually so happy that I'm happy that I've gone kind of through the rough, rougher part of all this in the beginning. So it's helping me learn a lot on what I like, what I don't like. Cause I've even tried working with two other JV partners just to see. And so far my favorite, even though he wants the split to be 50, 50, mm-hmm. I feel like it's almost like we've gone back and forth on this. It almost kind of makes me want to do it just cause he's so honest. So responsive. Yes. Yeah. He's, he's like, I just can't be more happy to work with him more than spending, you know, 60, 40. And sometimes I'd lose deals cause these guys wouldn't get back to me. And oh. but, Yeah. So there, I just dropped an episode on the wholesaling podcast with my JV Roger. You should listen to it. So yeah, Roger, I always talk about Roger when I talk about JVs because he's like, he was my, you know, first JV partner. So I did a podcast episode with him. So you should listen to it. So you can kind of hear him, hear his vibe. And then you'll know what I mean by like that right person. Yeah. Um, So I'll definitely listen to that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love it. So, I mean, you're doing really good though. I aside, didn't know anything about wholesaling. I mean, you know, you've got a super busy schedule and you're still able to make this work. So I'm very, very proud of you. You've done really, really good. Thank you. Yeah. I'm super thankful for finding it. There's no, I don't, I can't think of another something I could have done and been able to deal with what I've had to deal with at home and be able to continue doing this. Like my dad had a double bypass last week and I was still able, you know, to work and go to take him to the doctors, do all these things. And with all the kids, there's nothing else I could have made it work. I don't think unless I was doing this for myself and not, you know, working for someone else doing something. Right. So very thankful. Right. Awesome. Well, Chelsea, yeah. thank you so much for coming today and sharing your story. It's super inspirational, especially to the moms out there that are looking for a side hustle yes. that they can do around their kids. 
So thank you so much, Chelsea. And if you guys are listening and you guys want to learn more, Chelsea, how can anyone get a hold of you? Are you on any of the social platforms, Instagram? Um, oh yeah, I'm on Instagram. What's your handle? Okay. I'm going to tell you real quick. Hold on one second. Sorry. I don't even know. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll put it in the show notes. Okay. It's Chelsea underscore Lee underscore Dabney. Perfect. And we'll put that in the show notes. So if you guys want to reach out to Chelsea, go ahead and slide into her DMs. And if you guys are looking for a awesome virtual wholesaling or virtual real estate investing coaching program, I'm coaching it. So check out www.virtualinvestingmastery.com. If you guys apply there, you guys can learn all about the program that we offer. We teach all things virtual and it's the program that Chelsea's talking about. That's how we met. Yes. I love it. Awesome. Awesome. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for listening and we will see you next time. That's all for this episode. Your next step to success is to continue the conversation over at wholesalinginc.com by joining the mailing list as well as get your chance to book a strategy session to learn the systems and become part of the tribe and work personally with one of our amazing coaches. We'll see you next episode with more ways to make you a fortune in wholesaling.